All right. Pearl Jam versus uh, the second album by Pearl Jam. Uh, released in October 1993 through Epic Records. Uh, after a relentless touring schedule in support of their first album, 10, Pearl Jam headed into the studio uh, in early 93, uh, facing the challenge of following up the very commercially successful debut. Uh, the verses featured a more raw, aggressive sound compared to the previous release. Uh, it was the first collaboration with producer Brendan O'Brien and with their new drummer, Dave Abruzzese, who took over on the tour from 10, from the original drummer who left. Well, you know what? <sighs> In all these podcasts, pretty much when you say somebody's name, you get it wrong. And then the hardest possible name to pronounce ever in the history of the world, you nail first time through with Dave Abruzzese. Do go on. I've always known that one, though. Uh, well, oh, you've ruined it now. So Pearl Jam made a conscious decision beginning with the release of Versus to scale back its commercial efforts. We pulled back after the second record pretty hard, I meant stated. A lot of it had to do with being in the eye of the storm and not being able to think straight. The band declined to produce music videos after the very successful Jeremy and opted to give fewer interviews as well as make fewer television appearances. Ten years from now, I meant said, I don't want people to remember our songs as videos. Yeah. So what, they sold like 10 million albums or something with with 10, their first album? Sure, big album, big, big album. And, and then they, they stopped releasing videos because uh, I seem didn't want to be famous. There's a story that Eddie Vedder was walking along the beach one day and he saw some kids were camping on the beach. They had a ghetto blaster and they were playing black and he ran up to them and started screaming, stop playing that song, because he didn't want it to be a big hit and have them make too much money and be too famous. <sighs> Hadn't heard that one. Hadn't heard that one. Hadn't heard that one? But you've heard all this stuff about Pearl Jam and like, like you got Jeff Immense here saying they're pulling away from videos and just not wanting to do the fame thing. Absolutely. Um, but look, no matter what they did, 10 was a huge smash hit debut record, right? Big time. Pearl Jam. Everybody knows Pearl Jam. And then the second album, I think in the first week, sold a million copies. So Versus sold a million copies in the first week. And this is, to this day, this is peak This is peak Pearl Jam, right? Versus is, it's up there. I mean, my opinion, there's, you know, I like other albums better than Versus. But I think when you say Pearl Jam, this is Pearl Jam, right? This is everything good about that band. Vetter's in fine form, they got a kick-ass drummer. All members were still writing songs, but it was more... It was still the Stone and Jeff were doing the music and Vetter was coming in and laying his shit on top. And it's a classic, right? You can't argue versus is a, is a supreme record. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, yeah, they sold a bajillion records, something seven times platinum. So that's seven million records in the United States. Topics on the album include child abuse. 
daughter, gun culture, mm-hmm. glorified G, police racism, WMA, the media, blood, daughter, dissident and elderly woman behind the counter in a small town, are three storytelling songs. Daughter tells the story of a child who was abused by her parents because they do not understand her learning disability. Dissident tells the story of a woman who takes in a political fugitive. Elderly woman is about an elderly woman. <laughs> oh, that's the title of the song, isn't it? You know what, though? Like, all that stuff, does it... I don't care what they're about, really. I think verses is just great tones and sounds and emotion. I never really thought, ever that daughter was about a child with learning disabilities. You know? yeah. I don't know what, I don't know what it's about, but I'm in the car singing. Don't call me daughter at the top of my lungs. And I don't care what he's singing about. It's just a good track. Also, it's weird. The 25 year old man is saying, don't call me daughter. Mm. Although I was saying maybe he his could, parents were dressing him up in skirts. Maybe. But I remember reading articles at the time of, isn't it wonderful that this man can sing from a woman's perspective? And I, again, thought, that's great, but that's not what I got out of it. I wasn't listening to it singing along like I needed the woman's perspective. But it's a classic song. Hmm. This is one of those albums that, like, I don't know if I picked up the meaning of the songs from listening to them or the fact that probably more likely... This was such a big album, everybody talked about, like every article printed was about what each song was about and and all the interviews sure. and things. And, and you hear about like Glorified G was uh, was Stone Gossard bought a gun and brought it to the studio. No, nah, it was the drummer. Like it was it was Abrazizzi had a gun. Uh, I think it was Stone. No, nah, um, it was it was the drummer. <laughs> anyway. Oh, no, you're right. Uh, Inspired by an incident that involved a bruise easy telling band he just bought two guns. So that sparked a conversation about gun control within the band, Mm. which kind of translates to Eddie Vedder had a hissy fit. (laughs) I was watching it. I was... I was watching like uh, interviews with uh, all about the Dave Abruzzi thing, Abruzzi thing, because he... He did this album. Did he did phytology and then he got the boot yep. basically, right? That's right. Yeah. And it's pretty much largely thought he's the best drummer this band ever had. He's incredible on this album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think WMA is like one of those songs that it's one of those rare songs you say the drums make that song. Like it's incredible. yeah, absolutely. Um, but he didn't get along with the other guys. And from those interviews, you kind of think. Jeff Ament and Eddie Vedder seemed to be this little team that were controlling mm. everything. And it, it seems like he was on the wrong side of those two guys. Yeah, I mean, from what I've read, and, you know, I, I, I have been known to go down the Pearl Jam rabbit hole quite deeply. Um, I have, very deep. Mm. And uh, my understanding, you know, I'm not in the band. Or in the know, but from what I have read, uh, um, he was stoked on the fame. He was doing magazine interviews and he was getting his face everywhere. 
and that was the complete opposite of the other four guys, you know. They were more, as you said, no music videos. Let's pull back on interviews and the sky, you know, just that attitude didn't gel with the others. Uh, there's all there's a, a stack of stories about how Vetter didn't like the guy and how, you know, just always got on his nerves and blah, 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 broke a guitar that Pete Townsend gave to Eddie Vetter and, and ran off out of the studio and didn't tell Eddie and all, all sorts of crap like that, you know, just led yeah. to him being fired and I get it, you know, but I think it was that animosity that created some badass music. You know, you can't always be friends to make good music. You know, you needed that, um, that fire, that spark to, you know, create what is essentially a pretty aggressive album, you know, like you put it, you put it on and, you know, a song like animal, it just punches you in the face. There's no counting. There's no fade in. It's just straight in to the riff. Pretty badass riff in A. And they just pound away. And again, you know, you say you know, a song like Animal with the meaning of the song, or it's, it's them, you know, it's Eddie saying, or it's, it's, it's five against one. It's, it's us and the band against the media or against the music machine or whatever it was. I, was I don't care. Like, like- like when I was listening oh, to it, I well, thought it was about. Well, I thought he'd been to prison, <laughs> and maybe like to get along, he had to like he had to get gang raped so that they let him in the gang and get protection. Hmm. I have. I've never had that <laughs> thought about this. Um. But what was your? I mean, look, Pearl Jam's a big band, and we don't need to go into their history. Everybody fucking knows Pearl Jam. But for you, what was your first experience, not with Pearl Jam in general, but with Versus? I think uh, I got given a dub. I got a cassette dub of the album. Yeah. And it was in high school. I listened to it, and I think I liked it a lot more than 10. I liked 10. 10 was Mm. good, but this was more aggressive. That was more up my alley. I was really into it. Same with Phytology. Those two, those two for me, they are kind of pretty tops. I think this is the mm. better one for me. Um, yeah, real, real cleanly produced too, eh? Like it's just real. Yeah, they complain about oh, you the can... first one having too much reverb. So it, it's a yeah. little washy, but I like it. Mm. But this one's mm. very much uh, just a solid recording, isn't it? Nothing fancy, just you hear yeah. the band. I hear it's just yep. like their live gear plugged in and that was it. Not much trickery. Yeah. Yeah, sold a million in the first week. Album's cover was a, a goat that Ament took the photo of. Mm. Five Against One apparently is about them having trouble with the record companies. You don't believe me, do you? No, no, I'm just confirming, just going through this. I do find the Abreu's Easy stuff really interesting, though, because I did watch a video on it. He had a really mm. different take on things, like uh, sort of his side of the story. And one was that he's a Texas guy, and these, are guy, these guys are all kind of California, so he comes in with a gun. The Californians are like, <laughs> kind of freaking out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas he's from Texas, and you get a gun. And... um 
he was saying about all the fame and rock starness, he said he just tripped off to Indonesia and was traveling around the world enjoying being a rock star. And he said those guys were going and fighting Tiki Tech, uh, Ticketmaster at the time, you know, over mm. ticket prices and stuff. And he said they were more concerned about the money stuff than he was. He wasn't worried. Mm. And as far as the rock, they accused him of enjoying the rock star life too much. He said he was the one who had a girlfriend for eight years while he was in the band, like one girlfriend. And mm. he said he was the one driving a second-hand car when they were all driving brand-new cars. Um, mm. He did break the guitar. <laughs> and he said he was very sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, but, uh, like, versus, you know, besides all the petty infighting of the band and all that crap, yeah. it's a killer second album. It's, you know, it is, it's, a, it's another classic album. You know, like it's definitely on high repeat and it's still, you know, if the songs come up on my Spotify while I'm doing something, I'm going to listen to it. You know, it's, it's I'd, I'd rate it in, I mean, easily my top 20, if not my top 10, you know, it's a it's pretty kick-ass record for sure. And it, you know, much like other good albums that I rate, it, it goes, you know, it sits with good times in your life, you know, like. My brother was the Pearl Jam guy. He was into 10, and um, I remember hearing it through his walls, you know, like when he's cranking music when we were teenagers. And I didn't really get 10. And then Versus, I didn't really get either. Like, it wasn't until I saw them, this must have been 93, the MTV Video Awards, the Music Awards, and Pearl Jam played with um, Neil Young. Young. But before. But before they played with him, they played, they did Animal on their own. And I remember watching it, and that was the first time I'd actually seen the band play. And I was just like, fuck, this is intense. This is pretty. This is wicked. <laughs> you know, like you tell watching it, that dude meant what he was singing. You know, he was, he was there and he was ripping it, and it was pretty sweet. It was very so that was my- emotional music. Yeah. Absolutely. So that was my first real, you know, it was again from my brother, that kind of exposure. But then it became this record versus became high rotation um, much later. You know, like I really got into Pearl Jam with no code. That was my first Pearl Jam record that I bought myself, dug all the songs. That was the one after Vitology. Loved it, felt the connection. And then Yield came out in 98. And that was a massive record for me, you know, end of high school. And, and, you know, and I went back from that through Pearl Jam and then my, you know, the Pearl Jam phase that everybody has kicked off. And I left, I went to Europe and did the whole backpacking thing, right? Left New Zealand, flew to the other side of the world. And this is back in the days of Sony Discman's, right? And didn't have a lot of luggage space. So I had to pick five records, five CDs that were going to go with me for my whole travel. Versus was one of them. So I must have rated it pretty fucking highly. I remember listening to it through all sorts of shit, sitting on ferries in Greece, planes in Sweden, all sorts of stuff. Versus was there with me, Dan. Was there with me. Said your name, you're going to have to cut it out. Story sucks. Stop. Shut up. Yeah, carry on. Fuck you. My story's over. (laughs) Good. (laughs) 
Okay, I was listening. That was my story. I just said this is a highly rated album. I took it with me. Jesus, you took seven and a half minutes to say that. Fuck. We're gonna fill up. We're gonna fill up half an hour. You're talking about Abrazizzi and how everybody. Oh god, we got fourteen minutes left to get through, and shit, we've run out of material. And you told me to stop my seven and a half minute story. It was boring. Um, You're boring. (laughs) Read some more Wikipedia. Uh, I just think um, Eddie Vedder sounds like he was very high maintenance. It was like when they went and recorded this album, they went somewhere. I don't know. It was too nice. It was too nice. Mm. And Eddie got upset and he was having to sleep in his car. Mm. No, what did he do? He slept in the sauna because it was uncomfortable. And then he took time off and slept in his truck around the streets or something like that because he wanted to be uncomfortable mm. to do the album. Yeah. yeah he's a, seems like he's a very sensitive person and he needs to be in the right space and he needs this and that and the other and probably a lot to get along with. That's how he's connected with his emotions and he can write songs that we all connect with. But, yeah, I read they went to some swanky studio and uh, they were trying to record, well, they did record all the songs, not in order, but they wanted to finish each song mixed before they moved to the next one, which I thought yeah. was quite a unique way of recording. And he found he just wasn't, so they, they'd have all the music done for a song and he wasn't able to do, you know, he didn't have the lyrics or he didn't have, you know, couldn't get in the mood, as you say, to record the vocals. So, yeah, he was bailing in his truck and driving off into the hills or the woods or whatever and sleeping in his truck. And apparently he got poison ivy and all sorts of shit and came back and did some song. I didn't hear about the poison ivy. Was he the original hipster? Because he was like running around riding on a typewriter <laughs> in the age of laptops. He yeah. did. He has a lot to answer for, yeah. Yeah. He's also, I never realized how short he was until I was watching interviews with him now. Like he's, he's very short. He's 5'5". Five five. He's a little dumpling. A little dumpling of emotion and vowels. Don't cross him. <laughs> Powerful voice. If we- I remember um, I went and watched them at uh, Mount, Mount Smart Stadium in New Zealand. Oh, is this another story? Is this going to have a an ending to it. You won't like this one. It has a conclusion. Okay, but, go. Um, <laughs> it was a, what was it? Who's, who opened? That guy who has an afro oh, on his guitar. Great story. Ben Harper. Yeah, you knew exactly who I was talking about. Ben Harper played. And uh, I'm not really a Ben Harper fan, but I was like getting into it. And then Eddie Vedder came out and sang a duet with him. I think they did Under Pressure together. Mm-hmm. And Ben Harper's voice is pathetic next to uh, Eddie Vedder. Mm. Like Eddie Vedder's voice mm-hmm. is huge. And Ben Harper's, he basically whispers, you know, when he yeah. sings. Yeah. Man, that was my first experience of seeing Eddie Vedder on stage. And it was just like this voice just booms. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, first time I saw them was uh, Wembley Stadium. And this would have been 2000. 
yeah, the binaural tour. And they, dude, same thing. Little guy at the front filled this massive stadium. And everybody there is just, you know, hanging on every word. A little five-foot dumpling. And, uh, yeah, it's good. It's epic. I've seen them probably three times now. Always good. But uh, they are well past their prime. Sorry, Eddie Vedder, if you're listening to this podcast, but you can stop now. Eddie doesn't care what you've got to say. <laughs> and uh, apologizing shouldn't. for calling him a little dumpling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, go. That song, that kind of strikes me as a song that was actually written to be an opening song. Like the way it's it written by of, the drummer. Yeah, yeah. It's written like it comes in in sections. It's kind of like here's a bit of the beat, here's a bit of the riff, here's a bit of it, and then it all just comes together and goes boom, boom, boom. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Like it was just written to be an opening song. I don't know if it's the greatest song in the world, but it's good enough and it's a great opening song. And just the way it, I like the way it just sort of gives you the pieces and comes together and then just kind of cranks. Yeah, it's, um, like we say a lot about you know album openers it sets the tone for what's coming next mm. you know the the whole album is quite loose you know with regards to the recording and the production almost every song has a little lead in or a lead out of studio chatter or countins or loose finishes and that makes the record you know it made it it took it away from tens that perfect almost 80s hair metal production and this is you know and this is the new thing you know nirvana's out a lot of other stuff grunge is huge and so this just went real natural and real rugged and it works Mm. it's kind of like animals a much better song like it's an amazing song but if it opened the album i don't think it's kind of like not an opener it was a good decision to put it after go you know Absolutely, it's it's right. Come together. Yeah, the track listing's good. You know, like it, it ebbs and flows through the album. Um, it sort of continues and cements Pearl Jam's uh, mellow album finishes as well. Every album of theirs finishes on a slow dirge, <laughs> almost. You know, you release off ten, and yeah, indifference yeah. on this one. Which is one of the most boring songs I've ever heard, but hmm. yeah, I think, uh, Eddie, Eddie, song, what, but... what what chords do you want me to play, Eddie? I'm just gonna play E and D, Eddie, over and over and over and over and over again. All right, can you play it slower? He's not British, I know, but it's two chords, man. It's E and D, and they just go, and he sings sad. And then it finishes. Just go anywhere. I think it's for me. I'm trying to sum up that it's it's indifference is it's a good song. It just carries on. <laughs> you know what? And if just, someone asked me how I felt about indifference, I'd say I feel indifferent. <laughs> you know, it's not good. It's not bad. I'd I'd say it's my skipper song. That's my skipper song, and mm. um, I have to say blood. I just mm. think that's total crap. So your your skip count on this album when you listen to it, what's your number? 
blood is a skipper. Indifference yeah. is a. I get through part of it, then feel like want to yeah, just go back to the beginning, listen <laughs> to go again. Yeah, and leash, leash is yeah, leash. Drop the leash. Yeah, it feels too anthemic. <laughs> yeah, to it me. is. It's 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 Pearl Jam trying to be the Who, but it's you know, I guess. You got, it feels like a B-side that they decided to put on the album. You know what I mean? It's just not as good as the other stuff. Review mm. Mirror, brilliant. Rats, I love Rats. Oh, Rats yeah. is such a cool song. Elderly Woman, WMA. Glorified G also feels like a weird song because it's, um, mm-hmm. I think it's a great it's, song. But it's so happy. It's not tonally there. It's The tone's all It's like all an right. R.E.M. song. It's kind Your of like, your tone, it's it re- all wrong. It reminds me of stand in the place that you are now. Yeah. yeah. For me, look, man, I'm skipping three tracks on this album every time. And it's glorified gayness. Uh white male American. What? Uh I yeah, it's it's just boring. You hear it the first time and you get it, and you go, Great, okay, I get it. But then on repeat listens, it's like Oh, it's fucking tribal drums again. Just I used to listen to that on repeat in my headphones and just go, wow. And that's and that's why we are judging mental. Because we have differing opinions and indifference. So I agree with you on that one. Yeah. What do you think of leash though? Is it a bit wow? No, I think it I think it fits on versus you're right, and that it's you know, it's a bit too anthemic, but they were, you know. Um, you could say the same thing about Alive off 10. You know, that's a big, almost sing-along chorus, you know, and they're looking to rally the youth together to drop the leash. We are young. But it doesn't fit the rest of the album's tone, which is, you know, us against them. And yeah, yeah, you're right. Thematically, it's not in that box, and it's a bit major key, you know? mm which but that's yeah, that's how I feel about glorified G. It's kind of it's very yeah, major right. feeling. Yeah, but I like glorified I G. Glorified G and, nah, I think glorified G and and leash could have been, you know, the 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 B side to a single, you know, and they could have put something better on. They had lots of outtakes from here. They even recorded Better Man for this album. You know, Better Man could have been in there. Um, Crazy Mary, that a stack of sweet songs that well better man they didn't want to put on there because they thought it would be too big of a hit Mm, that's right what what is it about this yeah he was he was going up on award stages going oh awards mean nothing to me yada 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 Mm -hmm. but i guess you know he came from he came from that, well, at least, you know, this is the story. He came from that real punk scene, didn't want success. And let's pull back, let's pull back. But let's look at the reality of it. They put he out stop, 10. did he? <laughs> those five guys, those five guys made a crap ton of money off that first album, right? So they probably could have happily put that in the bank and lived off the interest, right? And then they put out their second album thinking, you know, we've got contractual obligations to put out a record. They 
they put it out and the first week they sell a million copies, right? This is back when you had to buy records, right? So these, even if these dudes were making, I don't know, $10 a record, that's $10 million in the first week. It's only a week, right? So of course you're going to be like, oh, fuck it, I'm not making music videos. We don't have to, you know? We don't have to do interviews. We're making bank, boys. Why bother? I never There's a bit of that it, in there too. I always thought it was such a pose. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah. I mean, look, I get the whole, you know, they're definitely a band of the people, you know, like their their fan base is rabid. And if you're a Pearl Jam fan, you you know, it's it's ride or die. At least it was until like 2005 when things started going downhill and they lost fans and they kind of became the new Springsteen. Um, oh, you're just, you're throwing down all night tonight, aren't you? Just, just trying to put <laughs> everyone offside. This band, Bruce, Bruce I, love- I apologize. I apologize. I know you're listening. Uh, Bruce was only, Bruce was good for a short period too. And then he just kept putting out stuff. The Rolling Stones, amazing band for about 15 years. And then they were just shit. Pearl Jam are the same. You have your amazing period and then you're just you're just spinning the wheels, right? You're just putting out records because that's what you do and you couldn't do anything else and you, you're too scared to stop. Stones, did you, did you like, if the Beatles had stayed together, they would have put out shit too, I'm sure. Did you, did you, listen, did you say you like blood? I did like blood, yep. Wow. It's his blood. Giving away his blood. To me, that's a song where it's just like, why do, why do bands make great albums and then just put on this one terrible, terrible, terrible song? Like, like Glorified like, I mean, G is that is terrible crap. song. Really? Blood's yeah. All. Blood. Blood would have fit better on Vitology. I reckon. It's like a spin the black circle, punky speed. I, I thought it had thing. a lot of the same lyrics in there. The stuff about drop the needle and... All that mm. kind of stuff. Elderly woman. <laughs> that song. Got another sneeze coming. Mm. <laughs> you can edit that out. Uh, have you got COVID? Uh, probably. Got it's not going to come through the phone. I can still taste it. We don't things. know that, Brad. We don't know that. We don't um, know that. Elderly woman, such a. A great song. That was surprising to me. That was one of the songs that I just listened to a lot as well. And it's just, just yeah, acoustic yep. song. Great song, simple chords, but with again that 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 little dumpling of a man can sing, and he uh, smashes that one. Yeah. So okay, well we skip. You're skipping three songs. Yeah, I'm skipping I'm three, sk- and you know. I'm sorry you don't like, I mean, you do like uh, WMA, white male American. I just, yeah. This is where Pearl Jam started. Oh, I guess they did it on 10 as well, where they put in those little fluff songs that mean nothing. You know, it's just sort of a a musical side piece, not a song, and that was WMA on this record. Rats is great, though. I like Rats. Mm. Mm. It's mm. a song where the outro, outro makes the song. 
of rats, you know, like cool little funky riff and weird lyrics about rats. And it's, you know, it's, it's a bit off center, which is, you know, Pearl Jam again, are good at doing, but then after that's all done, then there's like a key change and then it like riffs out to the end. And, uh, I always love that outro. And they do, they do that on a few tracks through the years, but I think Rats is one of the better ones for sure. It's a little like, uh, what's that other song they did? Do the Evolution. Mm. The outro of that song kind of does a fairly similar thing. Mm, I don't remember. I'd have to give it a re-listen. Do uh, the Evolution is one of my skip songs on Yield. <laughs> Really? That was one of my favorites. Had that great video with uh, Todd McFarlane, did it? Todd McFarlane, yeah. Oh, great video. And when that album came out, I, I dug the song and I liked the little funky riff in there. But, yeah, I, over time, yeah, I just can't listen to it anymore. Mm, mm. Daughter. I always like the song, but I would always listen to the drum beat and think, man, they've gone disco or something. It's like this hip hop beat or something, dancey hip hop beat. Daughter, what are you talking about? I'm talking about daughter have a dancey hip hop beat. Yeah, okay, I suppose I'll give it to you. You can do a remix. We don't want to be famous. Here's a dancey hip hop beat on our acoustic. Yeah, that's right. No videos. No videos. Video. All right, so uh, how many cats meows out of ten? Versus it would have to be look, it's a nine out of ten. It's it's up there. I'd give it a ten out of ten for back in the day. But like now with perspective on Pearl Jam and you know, you can pick your favorite songs and make your favorite Pearl Jam sp- Spotify track list. I'd just give it a nine. A solid here, here. nine. Yeah, I'll have to go eight and a half, Cats Meows. Oh, you're half a point bit, on both. Even though there's like a bunch of skippy skippy traps tracks, like the when it's great, it's great. Like it just overcomes. Yeah. And it's funny yeah. how one man's treasure is another man's filthy load of poo, you know. <laughs> it's hard to judge these things, uh, isn't it? I mean, it's 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 not so terribly divisive though. Like if you put on if you put on verses at a party, most people are gonna go, I dig this album. And then you and I would stand there and we'd both listen to WMA and you would enjoy it more than me, but we would still both like the song. Yeah. I suppose it's a thing like if you had a couple of drinks in you, indifference would sound a lot better. I don't know. I think you have to be pretty like angsty and and teenagey to for indifference to really hit home. You'll burn I'll hold the candle till it burns to my hands. You know? Something like that. It's just it's stuff that now as an old man, I do not relate to as much as I did back then. 
realistically, would he hold the candle until it burnt to his hand? I think he'd cry like a little bitch. I think David Bruzy slap him and say, stop being ridiculous, fucking midget. Yeah, I broke your guitar, fool. I want to be famous, <laughs> fool. Why would I break his guitar? I ain't never broken his guitar. Anyway, I kicked over his guitar and I broke it. <laughs> I, ain't t- I didn't even know he had no guitar. Hey, yeah, I backed over to my car. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bring right. back drummer number two. Oh, is that time? Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. We're over, we're over. Rock and roll. Cool. Thanks for listening to Pointless and Confused. We believe there's a little thing where you can send a tip if you yep. want. We yeah, have no idea us. how it works. We need cash. Yeah. For whores. And Vegemite. Yeah. And what Good day. No. Oh, I'm going right. to tell them the other thing. Oh, what was the other thing? Subscription. Um, oh, look, you could... You could subscribe if you want to, if you want to hear the sound of our sweet, sweet voices in your ear. Whenever a new episode drops, you'll be the first to know. Yeah, we're not sure how you do that either, but you'll figure it uh, out. Well, we're new to this. Come on, you guys. <laughs>